0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Binge List and Box Office Hits, the podcast about all things film, TV and streaming with your host, Shannon Holiday and me, Letitia Thomas.
1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Binge List and Box Office Hits, the podcast about all things film, TV and streaming. I am your host, Shannon Holliday, and I am joined with Letitia Thomas. How are we doing today, Tish? I'm
0: good. How are you? Pepped I'm up very good.
1: Coffee. We've had a little bit of iced coffee, a little bit of a uh, mocha, and we're ready to go. Ready to go on this fine Sunday morning.
0: Shannon's just been showing us uh, his interpretation of people on TikTok.
1: Yeah, I've... I've been doing a few TikTok dances in the studio this morning. And from a chair. From a chair. <laughs> and I've I've been a bit confused as to why people are making these TikToks in general and how they're making money off it. It's 10 seconds of nothing and I just don't know why people keep watching these videos.
0: Shannon's never had TikTok is what's happening right now.
1: No, I haven't.
0: Um, I fell into the rabbit hole and had to claw my way out of it, so...
1: Yeah, it's addictive. I can understand why it's addictive because you keep scrolling and a new video comes up. So it's yeah. like, oh, fresh content, oh, fresh content, something else to look at, which is an issue with today's society of dissecting content. It's yeah. why people don't go to the cinema as much anymore or watch yeah, anything watch for long periods of time.
0: On TikTok.
1: I know. It's like segments of movies yeah. cut on TikTok and you watch the whole thing. It, it's baffling. I don't, I don't understand. I saw someone say, it's like, I, I pity the person who's going to watch Killers of the Flower Moon on TikTok. Yeah,
0: it'll happen.
1: Someone will, even though it's a three hour 26 movie. That's wild.
0: <laughs> it just, it disappoints me to my core.
1: It's like, there's some of things you watch in, in a cinema experience, like the full theater, the full sitting by yourself alone, just taking that in. The whole story. You don't want to watch it on TikTok. A small screen. There's other distractions. You have to go to the next part every, like, what minute? (laughs) That's wild. Uh, Yeah. Anyway, that's the TikTok rant that we had this morning before we started that kind of pulled over into this conversation. Uh, We're back to the episode now. Uh, It's been a wild week for me. I've obviously been gallivanting around the country the start of this week. I got the opportunity to go down to Sydney for literally 24 hours. The start of this week for a work visit, which was really good. It was a really good experience. I haven't been to Sydney in probably at least 10 to 15 years. Uh, so I made the most of it. I uh, went around the city. I got to see some of the touristy attractions while I was there for that evening. And then, yeah, did some work stuff the next day and flew straight back. So I've had a really busy week, actually. I'm very surprised that I got the chance to watch as many things I did uh, for the episode.
0: Yeah, I watched a lot too. I'm surprised I got through as much. I didn't realise I'd seen as much. And then and you then write it down. And I just looked at this list and I'm like, oh, no, I got through a fair bit. Yeah. I got through a fair bit.
1: It's surprising because not only have I been, you know, when we get to it later, how many things I actually watched this week. Anytime I've been in the house and I've kind of been doing other things like, you know, cooking or like cleaning a little bit or just generally sitting around. I'll have an episode of Lost on like I'm seriously I'm still re-watching that show and I probably watched about 10 episodes as well of that I didn't put in that in the list because I'm like I'm just perpetually watching that anyway um so there's always something on in the house if it's not if it's not something for the for the episode like this this podcast it's either going to be Simpsons or Lost as well
0: that's crazy I can't do that I can't watch something and do something really yeah because I'll end up just watching
1: I mean, there's a lot of like that where I'm like, oh, this part's good. And I'll just look look up from my laptop or something.
0: Yeah, I I could never. I'm not not that.
1: Bear in mind, I've seen Simpsons, like the first 10 seasons, like at least 10 to 15 times.
0: Yeah, true. I guess it's like me when I was watching Harry Potter and the um, Prisoner of Azkaban on the plane. Yeah. And I was mostly kind of sleeping.
1: Like you know, my eyes yeah. are closed but, <laughs> my eyes were closed, but I could see it. My
0: eyes were closed, I could see everything. Yeah,
1: that's exactly the same with me. It's if alarming. I'm watching Lost or Simpsons, I'll know it, I'll know it, and I'll hear it. And yet again, I'm visualizing the exact scene because I, I know it off by heart. <laughs> uh, it's an addiction, it's, but it's a good one. Yeah, There's it. worse things to be addicted to.
0: Yeah, like your vapes?
1: Yeah, we won't talk about that. Moving on. <laughs> 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 that's just for fun. I'm going to quit that soon.
0: Oh yeah, end of the year.
1: You said that before. I know, I know. It's just grape, you know. It's a good flavour.
0: It's horrible.
1: It's. Uh, you tried it last week.
0: Yeah, then the next day, like an idiot, I instinctively tried my friend's melon and something one. Yeah. And I choked on the streets of Brisbane. Not quite as bad as
1: you with like yours, instantly choked when you tried the grape one.
0: Oh, I can't do e-cigarettes. It's horrible.
1: Is it just the flavouring, or is it the fact that it's just a bunch of smoke out of nowhere?
0: Um, probably both. <coughs> it's the, whole, the whole, whole experience. the whole experience, not for
1: me. Yeah. Moving on. Okay, I think it's time. So we're going to restructure this episode a little bit differently because this episode, as you've probably seen from the title, is I'll add it to the list two. So this episode in particular, we're doing a catch-up week, watching a few things we've probably been wanting to watch where we don't have a particular topic involved to take away from our attention. So instead of talking about what we've been watching at the start of the episode – that's going to take a bulk of the episode at the at the main topic at the end. So we're going to go straight into trivia and we're going to ask each other three questions and see how smart we are in the world of movies and cinema.
0: Can you see my phone? No, flat? Okay. you're
1: fine. I'm not going to look at it anyway. Did you want to ask first this week? Sure. Alrighty.
0: Alrighty. What TV show was Jack Nicholson referencing when he ad-libbed his Johnny in The Shining?
1: Hmm. Okay, this is gonna be a real tough one. It's like I feel why why don't, Johnny Cash is coming up for some reason, but I feel like that's not it. And his near singer.
0: <laughs> yeah, do you want to lock that in anyway though? <laughs> yeah. You were kind of bizarrely close. Okay. And very far away at the same time. All right. <laughs> um it's the tonight show starring Johnny Carson.
1: Oh no, okay. Well I've heard of that before, but I wouldn't have thought of I it.
0: I wasn't sure if you know it. But I know. We'll that's a, go. a good
1: question because we're, we're getting to the point with trivia now where we've asked a lot of questions where it's like we know it. We either know it or we've asked enough questions where we don't know it in modern cinema. <laughs> so we were asking really obscure ones. Uh, okay. So, no, I did not get that one. Your first question Who directed 1998 war epic Saving Private Ryan? Couldn't
0: tell you. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. No, it's on my list. Ooh. I nearly watched it when we were doing all the like 100 greatest yeah. movies of all time because
1: it is in that. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't know. Right. I mean, like guess one of the big ones. Like, but don't know Spielberg.
1: It is Steven Spielberg. There we go. I you nailed them. it. After a while, <laughs> I, I didn't mean, really give you any prompting, really. Still
0: like Spielberg. Anyway. Yeah, but I just don't actually know that.
1: It was a wild guess. So
0: you nailed like, you know. it though. Yeah. There's only a couple of people that are making films like that at the time. so
1: Yeah, true. I still got to see The Fablemans.
0: Yeah, I haven't.
1: Yeah, it's on It's on binge now. So it's on streaming. So I've just got to, it's a long one. It's like two and a half hours. So I've got to dedicate some time. Watch
0: this space. By the time we come back next year, <laughs> we'll have watched all these yeah, ones but that we but say while we watch. By
1: the time we do, I'll <laughs> add it to the list three. <laughs> yeah. I would have watched The Fablemans. Anyway, you got one. I did not in round one.
0: All right. Um, and I don't want you looking at any of the stuff you Googled earlier because I didn't know you were about to look stuff up. Um, Who voiced the sultry Jessica Rabbit in Who's Afraid of Roger Rabbit?
1: Oh, I looked this up last night when I was watching it and now the name has escaped me. It's like Kathleen Turner or something. Yeah, that's it. I nailed it. Yes, I remember it. Okay. I came
0: across that one and you'd seen it last night, so I was like, I'm going to throw it in.
1: Yeah, because I was looking up – a few like little facts and features about that film last night just just in general and I I saw that her name was with Jessica Rabbit and I was like ah yeah <laughs> also I read a review on Letterboxd about this movie last night and I also made the same conclusion as this person who wrote something about it and they were like it took me the longest time to realize that Jessica Rabbit's name is probably through marriage to Roger Rabbit. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the fact that she isn't a rabbit took me the longest time to go where her, her bunny is. <laughs> and I was the same when I was yeah. watching this. I'm like, is she a rabbit? Why is she so much taller? And why does she just look like a human? human. And then I was like, oh, oh no. yeah. okay, she's just taken on his last name. Yeah. Okay, that makes a lot more sense to me now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk a bit more about who friend Roger Rabbit yeah, a little bit later. We'll
1: get to the. Later parts. Okay, your second question. In what year was Pulp
0: Fiction released? I'm going to guess. I think mm-hmm. it's either 97 or 98. It's a little bit
1: before that. It is 1994. Okay, well. You weren't far off. Obviously, it was a 90s film, but yeah, it was just a little bit earlier.
0: Yeah, look, I wasn't born then, so give yeah. me some credit. As we've, come up with,
1: we've discussed earlier in the episode, <laughs> Uh, Tish hasn't seen much was uh, before she was born.
0: It's a bit hard to do. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> a lot of catching up.
1: A lot of catching up. I mean, I'm the same. I've, I've
0: seen Pulp Fiction. So I have too, yeah. At least I've got that.
1: I have seen Back to the Future though. So have I? First one.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the first one's always the best.
1: Yeah. I don't know. Part two is pretty good.
0: Oh, look, I'll get to it probably. We'll, we'll,
1: we'll do another episode on Back to the Future.
0: All right. My last one for you. Yep. In the action thriller Speed, why is Annie, Sandra Bullock's character, why is her driver's license suspended?
1: Uh, It is for speeding tickets. Yes, it is. It is for speeding tickets. Look, it's
0: an easy one, but. I know you just guessed
1: that. You're like, it's all speeding. But no, I remember her saying that particular line in the movie as well. It was so good. I was like, that's a great film. It's so disappointing that Speed 2, Cruise Control, just didn't quite have the same level of uh, quality to it. Also,
0: why is it not. At the very least, I mean, we know Keanu's not in it. No. But why is Sandra Bullock barely in that film? Why is it about some random white guy that's the new lead? I don't like like it.
1: Look, There was a lot of issues with Speed 2 and I think it's the fact that it was poorly made.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Shannon goes, you have to at least watch Speed 2 and I watched it when I was sick. (laughs) I watched the first one and then I binge watched like the second Mm. immediately after and oh God, even Sick... And bedridden was it hard to get through.
1: (laughs) I haven't seen it in quite a number of years. But I do remember it was not amazing. (laughs) And I just remember that scene where they crash the whole boat into the dock.
0: It goes for ages. It
1: goes for so long. There's a whole, there's like a making of that. And well, not really. It's like there's a few things on the internet where it shows like how they kind of crash the boat into there. And like the boat's not a full boat. It's just the front part of this boat. Yeah. And it's just on rails where it comes into the the dock area and I'm like oh that's kind of cool it's the only part that I like about (laughs) that film is that scene because the rest is awful it's really poorly made it's so bad because I remember yeah Keanu Reeves obviously didn't agree to be on it I think there was scheduling conflicts alongside of payments as well like in terms of like pay versus what it was going to be and then they obviously had to rewrite it based on him not being in it and it just did not come together it did not come together also it's a boat on the ocean speed two cruise control cruise control Alrighty, your last question. How many days of summer form the title of a 2009 movie? 500. 500 days of summer. Have
0: I seen that movie? Have you? No. Oh, this is one. No, because it was really big when I was in uni. Like all yep. of the kids were like 500 days of summer. Um, but also like n- at the same time as everyone was talking about it, there was all this like internet rubbishy discourse about like manic pixie dream girls no longer being cool anymore.
1: Oh, Which is that idea yeah. of
0: like, you know, the do you know what it is or?
1: Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it's
0: just like the whole like that. There's like the Scott Pilgrims with the remote yeah, Flowers, yeah. like yeah. all these like dream girls that yeah. these like average boys just dream up to solve their problems. Kind of a very, very much um, Eternal Sunshine of the spoiler's Mind.
1: I love that movie. Yeah,
0: that that yeah. whole thing where she's yeah. like, "I'm not here to." What's the line? Something about being an idea for men or something yeah. like that. But yeah, I get the idea. So I'm not, your, I'm not
1: your like flavor of the month. Yeah, basically.
0: Um. Yeah. yeah. So I just never got round to it. Um. I should probably watch it now that I'm. Yeah, a bit apart. removed like, yeah, from from that. All of that because it is one I've been meaning to. But
1: I think yeah. I might have it. I might lend it to you. Okay. It's worth it's worth checking out. It's worth checking out.
0: I think. Yeah. I kind of want to see it because I've heard. I mean, I know so much about it. I've just not. Yeah. Sat down with it.
1: Yet again, one one that's just gone, been and gone, been and gone. There was one of those on my list that I watched later on. I'll talk okay. about that uh, as well, where it's like you. You go, oh, I just kind of missed that. Like, oh, cool, I'll check that out. Well, that's about trivia. I think you did a bit better than me this week. I stuff one up.
0: I often do quite well for someone I who know, guesses a lot,
1: guesses a lot, and you know has a film degree. So <laughs>
0: they don't teach you that in film school. <laughs> no, they, don't. they don't
1: tell you how to answer trivia questions. <laughs> they don't tell
0: you to watch a lot of films. No, they don't.
1: There's like a strong few, but that's it.
0: It's a. It was a weird time. We, me and my friends, were talking about it last week. Actually, just what they do teach you and what they neglect to teach you yeah. is quite in... I feel like
1: that's high school as well.
0: Crazy, yeah. <laughs> Anywho. All anyway,
1: right. Time to move into the, the news. Do
0: you want me to start off? Yeah, you can do the first one. Alrighty. righty. So Fargo Season 5 has released a trailer. It's starring Juno Temple, John Hamm, and it's been released by FX. I think the same as normal. Yeah. Um, and the official description reads, After an unexpected series of events lands Dorothy.Lion, which is Juni- Juno Temple, in hot water with the authorities the seemingly typical midwestern housewife is suddenly plunged back into the life she thought she'd left behind north dakota sheriff roy tillman john ham has been searching for dot for a long time now i've not watched fargo i've been meaning to watch the original film as well
1: it's coen brothers
0: yeah for a really long time been meaning to watch the show maybe i started it at one point a long 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 time ago but i'm not
1: it's an anthology series, not hundred percent. Right? So it like, yeah. completely changes story each season.
0: I think it's the same. There might be like one reoccurring. Yeah. Maybe John Hamm. I don't know. Someone tell me. Um, <laughs> but I watched the trailer for season five. Yeah. And I'm all in.
1: Yeah. It looks for Juno Temple so much. Well,
0: yeah, She's but great. also just it looks awesome. And yeah. then they've got um Joe Carey as well in it a lot. Oh
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah. The
0: cast just is stacked. Yeah. And it looks so much fun. I love kind of stories where it's like. Someone is pretending to be someone else and that slowly unravels because you get amazing performances by the like actors as they're just playing someone truly in their worst nightmare.
1: I will check this out. I've been meaning to watch Fargo as well myself. I haven't yet. I think it's on binge or Amazon. It's on one of them. And
0: who is FX for us? Is it Disney?
1: I think it might be Disney. Disney is FX in Australia because Hulu. Yep. They own that. Yep. Yep. So I might check that out soon. Fargo.
0: We got some time. We got some time.
1: All right, next bit of the news. Disney on Friday announced it is delaying the release of its live action Snow White movie starring Rachel Ziegler by a year from March 22, 2024 to March 21, 2025. The film, which is officially titled Disney Snow White, is among the studio's biggest offerings of the year and is one of the anchors of its spring slate. The other spring anchor is Pixar's March animated tentpole, Elio. Which has been pushed back by more than a year from March 1, 2024 to June 13, 2025.
0: Now, I believe this has got a lot to do with the SAG After Strike. Yeah. Um, basically, we're all going to have a lot of time to start catching up on all those things that we've said yep. that we want to watch, I, I
1: think, think. I think they're going to be doing what they did over COVID mm-hmm. again, which is when they have a lot of shelved films that they've kind of have sitting around they've made and they don't know when to release. They're going to be popping those out, and then their tentpole movies is what they're slowly pushing back for when they can actually come off strike and promote the films.
0: Yeah, and make a ton more money than they predict they're going to make at the moment. Yeah, that's
1: the plan. Although this Snow White film has had nothing but controversy since day one, so they could be doing some stuff to kind of alleviate that by pushing it back here so people kind of forget what's the issues around it currently. So we'll see. There's a lot of stuff about this film that – isn't going right mm-hmm. at the moment. So
0: Disney's Snow White, in terms of like obviously it was their f- one of their first massive yeah. films. It's Snow White's never been one that I loved. Yeah. I think as a kid, like I loved obviously The Dwarves and like some of their songs like Hi Ho and stuff. Like you're a kid, that stuff looks insane. It's
1: just fun it's a bit, and yeah. fun. Yeah.
0: But the overall story I was never really no. thrilled about. And I don't know if that story I don't know how you make a story like that land now that's not, like, heavy in nostalgia and, like... I think
1: they have to double down on it, though. Yeah, because it's, like... For it to sell...
0: They have to. They're going
1: to have to, which is why I think what this original movie had was quite a diverse range of actors playing the dwarves in the original cut. In the new release teaser trailer, they've been replaced with CGI dwarves that look quite close to the original...
0: Is that what happened? I I was looking at a photo... Only yep. like yesterday, and I was like,
1: Yeah, so I, this doesn't feel like what was, I remembered. There was a back, sh- there was a shot of them filming the, the movie way mm-hmm. back when, and it had obviously the diverse dwarf actors in
0: it like actors who literally, a- yeah, yeah, yep. yep. yep.
1: And um, obviously, there's been backlash around how much Disney's using diverse characters in their stuff. Just look at the new South Park episode in particular, um, and also uh, Rachel has been, you know, basically trash talking this movie. Yeah to the nth degree as well in her interviews before the strike. Um, They've come back now and released, obviously, a teaser trailer with the new CGI dwarves, and I'm pretty sure they're just trying to make it as close to the animated movie as they possibly can. They're just straight narrowing this movie.
0: I need to look into this before I have an opinion on that. Yeah,
1: have a look. Because I'm
0: like, has it been done because people have not wanted to be represented that way or has it been done because Because Disney – Wants to make some cash. Don't want to say anything because I haven't looked into it. Yeah. But I am. We'll look into I'm, it a bit more. I'm intrigued.
1: Yeah, this movie yet again. Like we said, it's it's definitely got a lot of controversy surrounding it. So I think that's another issue why they're pushing it back, not just the strike. No, so definitely. They're trying not. to separate it from what's happening now. If a year's time, hopefully people have forgotten like that. But then,
0: I mean, that's Disney's whole shtick, really. Yeah. I mean, that guy was complicated. If you look into it, mm-hmm. Freemason, all sorts of interesting stuff going on. Yeah. Um but they, you know, it's the happiest place on earth and that's Mm -hmm. kind of their cover for- It's a
1: cover story. Yeah, everything they do (laughs) to make
0: a bunch of money. But anyway, that's Disney. All
1: right.
0: Um, Universal is set to release Blumhouse's The Black Phone 2 on June 27, 2025, as announced on Friday. The sequel is a follow-up to the director Scott Derrickson and Blumhouse's 2022 horror phenomenon, The Black Phone, which earned over 160 million worldwide- Universal plans a wide release in the summer of 2025 after the original black phone, which is based on a short story by Joe Hill. And it's going to follow Finn Finney, a shy, but clever 13 year old boy who was abducted by a sadistic killer played by Ethan Hawke. Did you ever watch the black phone?
1: I haven't yet. I haven't yet. I will. I've been meaning to
0: didn't, didn't mind it. A lot of people don't like have sort of very polarizing opinions Mm. on this one. I'm sort of middle of the road in that it wasn't, the most exciting. Like, I didn't come out of it being like, whoa, I'm blown away. Yeah, I
1: don't expect to either with um, this, but... But I
0: watched it. It was entertaining enough. There were a couple, like, you know, there's a couple things that I'm not like, oh, that was incredibly mm. fantastic. But I think it gets a bad rap in that it's more than just a middle of the road film. The production in it, the acting in it's pretty good.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, It doesn't hit as, like, you know, the next big thing but it is a good film it's for what it was. It's yeah.
1: um, enough to, to probably warrant a sequel maybe. I
0: mean, I was more scared before this film when I watched it because I went to a cinema and none of the lights were on in the cinema. I oh. thought it was pitch black <laughs> and Terrifying. I had to get to my seat by a torch. Yeah. And then nothing was happening. <laughs> and I would have laughed an like Well, I was waiting a minute and then some of the here. lights came on. So I thought, okay, this is fine. Yeah. The lights have come on now. They've figured it out, and then the film started. Well, like the trailers, yeah. and there was no sound. And so I went out and I was like, "Hey, um, this no film's sound. about to start soon. You might want to fix whatever's going on with the projection." Yeah. And I came back to my seat, and the guy was like, "Oh, you know, thank you, whatever." And eventually, they, f- they had fixed it, it up, had it going. But yeah, it was more scary just sitting in a cinema knowing you're about to watch a horror film, and, and it's there's pitch no like black there was no exit s- sign light. Oh that's how no. pitch black it was. I couldn't oh. see in front of me. It was Definitely. cool. Um, anyway. <laughs>
1: Alrighty, Warner Brothers has a new title and new release date for its upcoming Robert De Niro mob movie. The film, previously known as The Wise Guys, is now titled Alto Nights. The project from director Barry Levinson also has a new release date of November 15th, 2024, being pushed back from February 2, 2024. The film is one of multiple across Hollywood, expected to shift dates amid the ongoing SAG-AFTRA strike which has shut down production. Though insiders say this move is not strike-related. It is the first movies greenlit under the new Warner's regime after Warner Brothers' discovery was formed in 2022.
0: I call bull. I, it's call, not got to do I call with the strike.
1: bully. <laughs> Everyone else is moving their slate. Yeah. Why wouldn't this one be?
0: Yeah, it makes sense. you got to match it. This has been happening since 100%. the dawn of time yeah. with the big – well. Well,
1: COVID was a great indicator of what they do when this kind of stuff happens. Uh-huh. So, yeah, if you're pushing back something by a year, it's got to do with yep. what's happening in the industry. Yeah, pretty what's much. What's happening in the industry, there's a strike.
0: It's kind of <laughs> crazy because COVID sort of gave them a business model that they never had before. Yeah. Obviously, there was a lot of trial and error. Yeah. But they now have essentially a yeah. plan. And
1: and like I said, they release their yeah. s- smaller stuff that they push – like they like basically shelve films f- in case stuff like this happens. and. Yeah, that's why you saw so many smaller unknown movies come out randomly Mm -hmm. during COVID going, what the hell is that? And that's because they were waiting for their big stuff. Same thing's going to happen.
0: So we all have a lot of time is what we're saying. Yeah,
1: we'll catch up on a lot of things.
0: After a small number of independent theatres added their own intermissions to screening of Martin Scorsese's Killer of the Flower Moon, the film's team has stepped into the intervene – Hollywood Reporter has learned that there have been isolated incidents of theatres pausing the critically-placed film, which is an Apple original film and Paramount Pictures, released in theatres October 20, with a running time of three hours and 26 minutes. So basically they've been pausing it, (laughs) letting audiences take a short break. And obviously word got out um, due to people on the internet posting stuff and, you know, it goes viral. So, yeah, they've had to intervene and the editor has said, what is it that it's basically barbaric? Yes. To do it, which look.
1: It's taking away from the uh, significance of the director's vision, vision of and, the film. And
0: I get it. Like putting an intermission in a film that's not cut to have an intermission yeah. does ruin the pacing, it ruins the experience, and it takes you out of it. 100%. That being said,
1: it's a three hour 26 film.
0: That's a lot for I, anyone. I've
1: said the I think I said this to you a couple of times now, and I think it's an issue with Martin Scorsese. Mm-hmm. Great filmmaker, obviously, great visionary. I think he needs to learn how to tighten up and edit his films. If you can't get the story you want to put on film within, you know, two hours, two and a half hours, there's an editing issue, I think. Some film's three hours, some, but this is three hours 26. His previous movie, The Irishman, was three hours 29. There's there's something to do with the editing room there. Or, like, yeah, tighten something up because that's a long time – for your audience to be sitting in one place.
0: Marty is kind of old. I think he's changing it up. <laughs> I do Also, he is, he's on Letterboxd. I saw that. I've not I read followed that. him yet. Yeah. I tried to and I couldn't work it out because I'm new to Letterboxd. So I'm gonna, I gave up until I, I could see I haven't Shannon.
1: looked for him yet, but I did read that he is now finally on Letterboxd and I want to follow him.
0: He's posting a lot of cool stuff. I, yeah. I mean, I love him as a I think filmmaker. I think he's a
1: great filmmaker. Don't get me wrong. Um, like his stuffs
0: good but he is asking a lot of my bladder
1: yeah that's exactly right so they put they put the um the intermission at about just before the 2 hour mark and it was a break for 8 minutes and that gave people time to go get some more snacks go to the toilet come and prepare themselves for the rest of the film mm-hmm. come back normal intermission um yeah and these you know Paramount got wind of it through social media and they were like, absolutely not. I mean, so.
0: back in the day they were making films with intermissions. Yeah. I think Gone with the Wind probably had one. I've still not seen that. It's like four hours or something. Yeah. Like um, musicals, like Sound of Music has an intermission. I remember watching, um, oh, what was that one you made me watch? No, I made you watch it. Dr. Javago. Yeah. That's very long. That's got an intermission if I remember right. I don't
1: think we got to the intermission. Or did we and we stopped? No,
0: Shannon didn't make it that far. I didn't far, make I it
1: think. that far. I thought we got close, but it is a very long film.
0: But yeah, they used to sort of make them and they'd cut them in a way that lent itself to a break yeah. and a pause. Yeah. Much like TV used to be written for. Yeah. It would be
1: usually cut at a time where there's like a, a time jump or a particular Really mm-hmm. big change in the story so you'd come back ready for that.
0: Yeah. Look, I really want to see this one in cinemas. I just don't know if I'll make want,
1: it. Yeah. Because I don't
0: like – look, obviously, if, when you're at home, you pull stuff, you get up, you, you get quickly distracted. run back. Yeah. It happens. But when you're in a cinema – I've never left a cinema once during – a film like I've never do got go up. To the bathroom break no and you know me I just sit there and suffer
1: I rarely do I remember I did it for the movie split because I didn't love that film and I didn't care <laughs> <laughs> so I was like I need to go to the bathroom oh what am I gonna miss no
0: I've <laughs> never once never got up really okay yeah the the one I was close to and I still never did was I saw Les Mis in cinemas right, Yep. um and I remember when Javert's character is about to jump off the the roof yep and I was watching it with my cousin and my sister. And I think maybe my mum and grandma, but I remember all three of us kids. Well, I say kids, we're probably adults, but we're sitting there and we were like nearly jumping out of our seats and like <laughs> close to tears. Um, and we were just like, oh my God, just, just jump, just hurry up, jump. And it's like an eight, nine minute song. And then yep. there's the rest of the yeah. film. And we were just begging him. We're like, please, please. We don't know if we can make it through there's this entire film. There's
1: definitely been times where I've been like, I'm in pain yeah. towards the end of a film. Oh, yeah. And then you have to rush out. <laughs> but you stay.
0: You stay, yeah. yeah. You
1: stay. Because it's usually towards the end, which is the climax of the film. So you don't want to miss anything no. during that period. But if it's a three hour 26 movie, that's a long time. <laughs> I think Oppenheimer obviously is around the three hour mark as well. I didn't feel that. Needing to go anywhere, else. and also I was so into the film. I was like, I'm absolutely not going to miss any of this.
0: Yeah. That was the most
1: recent long film. I've I have I don't
0: remember how I felt though. No. I was very tired. No, because you came straight from D-hydrated. work.
1: You were just like, ah, uh, <laughs> long experience. It was long. Good, after but long.
0: A week of work. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. On to the next one.
1: Yeah. Uh, director David Yates has has given an update about the beleaguered franchise, which halted after three of its five. Planned films. We are talking about Fantastic Beasts. Uh, he has gone on to say, with Beasts, for a minute, it's all just parked. Yates told the Insider Total Film podcast, "We've got the, to the we got to the end of the third film, 2020's Fantastic Beasts: The Secrets of Dumbledore, and we're all so proud of that movie. And when it went out into the world, we just needed to sort of stop and pause and take it easy." Yates claims the entire idea of a five film franchise wasn't the studios at all. It was initially planned as three films and he suggested the saga's author and Beast Trilogy screenwriter, J.K. Rowling, made the announcement of a five-film plan without much of a creative team knowing ahead of the time during a media event for the first film, 2016's Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them.
0: I've got the same faces I made a couple mm. of weeks back in Europe. I am going to post that photo. I'm so sorry I forgot, guys. Ah. Yeah. Um, oh. Two talk things. Talk about your heroes um, and meeting them. <laughs> J.K. Rowling's a big one for me. Yeah. She's just – look, I think she wrote fantastic children's books. Were there problems in there? Probably, but I don't care. They were fantastic. You
1: can kind of take away the fact that what they've done for children and mm-hmm. how like it's built a world up and the fact that it's given them a, a stepping stone on – Reading essentially, it's a beautiful way to get into books. And I to did of that, yeah. Absolutely, everyone. Everyone I know has read Harry Potter and absolutely adored him. So take away that from yeah.
0: it. You can she's s- fantastic. Those
1: books separate that from the person.
0: Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I don't think she's a screenwriter, and she shouldn't be no. writing screenplays. She can write the story for it, and someone else can someone go and I write agree. the script. Someone
1: should have for these three, but films they never
0: did. And because yeah, she can't write screenplays.
1: It's I, painful. I don't love these films. No, I've seen all three and they progressively get worse. I think the first one's yeah. okay, fine. I can yeah. enjoy it for what it is, but then 2 and 3. I never
0: watched the third one.
1: Miserable Messes. Yeah, I, I watched the third one when it dropped edited. on binge and it was I was like, "Oh god, this is a slog." I was sitting there pretty pretty bored out of my mind watching it.
0: There was just so much controversy surrounding that last one too. Yeah. Um and it's it's problematic in the fact that the controversy also stems from actors not agreeing with jk rowling's personal mm-hmm. views like that's why i think is it Catherine? New- no there's someone else
1: uh the main the main um actress, actress i know she who you stepped mean, away yeah.
0: it's Catherine. someone I she's only
1: in it. it for like two scenes in the third one yeah if that, because yeah. she stepped
0: away from it because yeah. she was like yeah not a chance no yeah. thank you yeah. um and like it's just they weren't good films No, they weren't. Arguably, but it's a shame.
1: Disappointing considering the world of Harry Potter around the the eight films of the- Because those were fantastic. There
0: was no real controversy back then in the same, like nothing is maybe little things, but nothing that was big enough to shake it like it has now. And they were beloved and they did a lot for so many kids and Mm. everyone loved them. And then to sort of tack on so many more after the fact that just aren't good. And then obviously J.K. Rowling got very- very publicly. In
1: the inter- political space. Yeah. And it's just this film takes a lot of – the third one in particular is such a political film as well. Oh, really? Like, yeah, mm. really, really much so. It's not a fun film. It's not really for kids. A lot of it, like, it's a lot of, like, political mumbo-jumbo involving the ministry and stuff. It was not fun. It was not a fun film. And then the whole changes around the Johnny Depp as well. Yeah. That whole thing with the third one changing as well to Mads Mickelson, who's a beautiful actor, don't get me wrong, I think he's fantastic, but just goes to show changing the mm-hmm. character up for the third time in the same film series. Yeah. Third time.
0: Yeah, you the think? first one
1: it is That's right, um, it's Colin Farrell Karen,
0: Colin, Colin Farrell, Farrell that was actually Johnny Depp. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Technically in terms of is magic this one and stuff
1: not explained at
0: all. No. And see, I didn't love johnny depp in this one and this is forgetting him as his own personal stuff that was going on yeah, like yeah. i'm not talking about that I just, just his portrayal he it took me out of it having such a big character actor thrown into a world that wasn't full of character actors
1: mm-hmm.
0: so i was like oh it's johnny depp mm-hmm. and that took me out of yeah, the I story the more yep. than anyone else that they'd cast in these if they put names like that in every character in this, you wouldn't feel it as much. But it was but because very everyone was like kind it's of
1: jo- it's Johnny Depp. It's uh-huh. not the character he's playing. No. So it took yeah. me
0: out of it and I didn't love it. And then obviously it just got messy. It got very messy. And just just a shame where it went. Yep.
1: I agree. And um yeah, I also reckon that they're doubling down of separating themselves from JK Rowling by saying this statement as well. It wasn't us who planned five. Yeah. Oh, it was her who said mm-hmm. that. It was it was her idea. It kind of separates the fact that even if they did have five plan, then go, oh, it's not on us.
0: But also, if you look at where this is gone, it, it started with promise. Mm. It's ended in a train wreck.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They're going to lose money on it. Like, yeah, cool, some people will see it, but it's not going to make them money in the way that a lot stopped. of the stuff. Yeah. Also, they've just done Barbie, so they've probably recouped a bit of money that they never yeah. thought they'd get back, to mm-hmm. be honest.
1: Oh, and Tenfold as well from that movie. Yeah. yeah.
0: So they're probably like, mm,
1: well, maybe we, maybe
0: we can let this one go finally, you know? Well, I think when
1: the plan to do the TV series in a couple of years' time, I think that's what they're going to be focusing on with the Harry Potter IP. Oh, I keep forgetting they're doing that. Yeah. Yep. Mm. That's the next thing for them. So I think they're just gone. that's done. That whole thing is done. The next thing for that IP, we're going to double down on this TV series. I'm
0: curious to watch it. I'm curious to watch the Percy Jackson one, which is... That's not far off. Very different, but they're with the same vein. Yeah. Um, and you can use the same models for doing both. I'm curious to see if that lands and then to see if Warner Brothers keeps going with this or if they go, oh, that, that's actually not going to make us money. Let's pivot.
1: Yeah. It's one thing to plan a TV show for a seven book series, which probably they're going to have to plan every year. That's going to be a big, that's a big task. That's a lot of money to invest. But uh, I think it's going to draw people in very quickly at the start at least.
0: And if you heard that, I'm sorry, I was going to post a photo of of me for our (laughs) podcast and then a video blade. So let's just get that.
1: Get off TikTok.
0: (laughs) 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 Attention span of a newt.
1: Uh, and that uh wonderful segue is time for us to get into our main topic of this episode and that is i'll add it to the list too well, so
0: let's do it let's get into it
1: basically it's just talking about the stuff that we wanted to kind of watch in our own time and things that we were just basically trying to catch up and on promise
0: other people we'd watch and never did
1: yeah exactly right and there was a few you watched one for me which i was very happy about so thank you so you didn't much. watch one for me I did not because I forgot the things that you asked me to watch, so I just kind of picked my own.
0: Oh, this friendship has gone great.
1: I would have to go back and listen to three or four episodes worth of content.
0: And... Or you could go, hey, Tish, what's a film that um, you've told me to watch?
1: Tish, I've had a week. <laughs> I've had a week, but I will next time. I will absolutely next time. Okay. I was actually going to ask you to somehow transfer me through the Twitter sphere. Combat Wombat two, 1. And I was going to watch that sometime this week, but I can watch it next week.
0: Let's start a great tally of how many things that I've watched for Shannon and he hasn't watched for me. Also, I sent you a link to a film this week. Which one? But I'm a cheerleader.
1: Oh, you did too. And he said,
0: I'll watch that in Sydney.
1: I did not watch that in Sydney. I know. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll watch it this week when I'm in Cairns. <laughs> <laughs> Since I'm away again. He
0: tried to watch it on DVD that I lent him, but
1: no, it had it a different wo- region it, code yeah. in his
0: PlayStation. And then I was like, I finally got it for you. Here you go.
1: Thank you. I will watch it. Well, anyway. cause no, because I'm backing up from watching the faculty, so I will watch it.
0: Yeah. It, anyway.
1: <laughs> Shall we get into what we've been watching? <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's get into let's it. Let's get into it. Do you want me to start? Yeah, go on. Okay. So the first thing I watched this week when I was coming back from Sydney, I was sitting in the airport and I was like, you know what? This would be the perfect time to watch this because it's daytime. It's on a small screen. There's and There's people around heaps of people around. So I watched Hereditary from 2018. What a choice. And I obviously heard about it from multiple people going, you need to watch this. It's not scary in terms of jump scares.
0: Except for the one naked lady.
1: Yeah, that's towards the end. I was into it by then. Like I knew what I was getting into. So it's starring Tony Collette, Alex Wolfe, Millie Shapiro, Gabrielle Byrne, and Anne Downd. It's directed and written by Ari Aster. And if you've seen any other Ari Aster films, so that's only two others, so *Midsummer* and Bo is Afraid, you'll know that he generally builds his horror through a feeling, a vibe. It's a general kind of just, just a what's on screen basically is slowly kind of eats away at you and how you feel about the movie. It's very emotional. This one in particular, it's about uh, basically uh, the breakdown of a family unit. And obviously on top of that is a spiritual level of horror that's also there. And that kind of takes place in the second half of the film.
0: Do we want to, before we get too far into it, just talk about spoilers in this. And if you haven't watched it, go and watch it. Yeah. And then skip ahead like a couple minutes. Yeah, absolutely. So yep.
1: spoilers on this one. We're going to get into everything that happens in and out about this film. Um, skip ahead. We'll get to the next one after that. So this one takes place. It's a family. There, this starts off with them basically grieving at a funeral because uh, the matriarch of the family, the grandmother, has passed away. And Tony Collette's the one, the daughter of that, and now the head of the family, is grieving for her mother, who mother who was basically distant to her mm-hmm. um, growing up, and there was a whole lot of issues around her family unit when she was younger. That is explained when she's basically at one of those like grieving meetings. And, and then it kind of portrays, like, her family and the, how they're dealing with that outcome. Uh, something happens to the daughter character. So Charlie, who's uh, played by Millie Shapiro, who plays this beautifully, I think, in terms of, like, being that really eerie kid, mm-hmm. kind of a fish-out-of-water kind of character. She's just not the same as everyone else. She's yeah. very different. And, um, and this
0: little creepy kid, Very creepy know?
1: kid. Plays it perfectly. Yeah. Uh, her brother, her older brother, takes her to a party because her mom's like, you need to take her with you. She, she needs to be included in stuff because she's definitely like an outsider. She's got no friends, nothing at all. She's very creepy. Takes her to the party. She's got a nut allergy. So she ends up being eating a bit of the chocolate cake that's at the party while the brother's getting high with her, his friends. Um, the brother realizes, oh shit, you're, you're mm-hmm. having an allergic reaction. I'll, I'll race you to the hospital. So they're, racing, they're driving along trying to drive home and she obviously can't breathe that well because of the, her, her throat closing like up because yeah. of the reaction. She goes to open the window and breathe for air out the window and at the same time as he's driving along going like, are you okay, are you okay, like checking the back, he sees for a split second there's a goat on the road, in the middle of the road, so he swerves. And as he is swerving, they drive past a telegraph pole and as the the younger daughter characters got heads her out heads the out the window. She hits the telegraph pole full tilt and gets decapitated. It's hectic. And it's done so well. The noise of her head oh. hitting the pole sits with you for like a couple of minutes afterwards because it is so it's such a dull thud, but yeah. very a very loud, dull thud.
0: And I think it's scary because you're always in cars. You've always got your yeah, hand yeah. out a window. You're always doing something and everyone goes, Don't do that. Yeah, because you always hear a story about someone's mm. lost a limb or whatever, but actually seeing it, seeing it, and you know it's coming, you can feel this dread. Yeah, because it kind it of hits. it does
1: this like kind of like lead up to it. There's also a shot when they're going to the party and it's still daytime, and they're driving along the road, and it's following the car like in one side of the screen towards the other, and as it gets to the center of the screen. The telegraph pole is in the centre of the screen and it pauses there for a second. Mm, it's foreshadowing. Then, yeah, basically foreshadowing and it's just like perfectly done. And that's what Ari Aster does. He just builds this vibe through like his cinematography. Most of this film is – it's taking place as if it's playing out in like some type of dollhouse. Yeah. The first kind of scene is like – it's like these miniatures in a dollhouse, and it like it's really far away, and then it like zooms into the frame of like one particular room, and then that's how it starts. Like the dad walks into the room as the kid's sleeping, then it plays out. So it's like playing out as if it's like it's like dolls. It's miniatures. Um, we should mention that um, Annie's character, played by Tony Collette, is actually a miniature artist. So she builds like all these miniatures in her spare room, and she builds a lot of them. Through her past experiences as well, so she builds one about the hospital with like the grandma dying after the accident that happens with her daughter. She actually builds a miniature of the particular accident where the car, the pole, the decapitated head.
0: It's really hectic. And then the, like,
1: da- the the husband comes in and goes, "What the hell? Don't do that!" Like, what do you think about yeah. like the son character seeing that? And it's she's like, like working through trauma yeah, in a really and that's hectic how way. she deals with trauma. Is she built? She basically deals with it by like
0: recreating carbon, it,
1: um, like yeah these things, like puts them in a box so she can deal with them. That's mm-hmm. basically her way of coping with the trauma that's gone in, in her life. So that particular traumatic event starts the unravelling of this family, like basically falling apart. So like not said at any point, but Tony Collette's character basically blames the son in particular. And they are constantly having arguments and that. She starts searching for answers and she meets – Joan or Joni at one of these like meetings, brief, counseling. brief counseling meetings. Joan kind of masks the fact that she's like, oh yeah, I lost my son. Um, you can, you can talk to your daughter through the way that I talk to my son and tells her to do a seance essentially. And yeah, it's kind of like she gets her in on one and all these like creepy things start happening. Things move around the room at first, Annie's just like, whoa, this is weird. I don't want to be a part of this. And then Joni gives – she's like, I know I was the same. Gives her all the information. She's like, read all this. Make sure that your entire family is in the room when you read it. And obviously, Annie goes home and does it. And then this crazy thing happens where, like, flames come out of the, the, um, the candle and that. Then from that point onwards, creepy shit really starts to happen. So... Yeah, they start seeing things in the room. She starts seeing visions. She wakes up in, like, different places. And it kind of – that's when the spiritual level comes into it a lot more. And lo and behold, towards the end of the film, you realise there is a demonic kind of entity that they've kind of unleashed from doing that seance. And a couple of members of the family end up dying Mm -hmm. through their actions, through this kind of, like, evil entity. The son character is the one who's kind of left – At the end? Yeah,
0: please explain this to me because by the time I was at this point in the movie, sorry, by the time I was at this point in the movie, I had checked out mentally. So I don't really know what happened at the end.
1: So I I watched it. I looked up a little bit about it as well. So the cult, that's what they are. They're part of a cult. So Joni's part of this cult and she was basically masking the fact like, Oh, you're a grieving person. I'll get you to do this seance. She knew that when she was doing the seance, they would open up a portal to this oh, of King Piedman, I think is they called. Something it's, like it's that. Like the, it's like a devil, but not the devil. devil. It's, it's like a step down yeah, from yeah. the devil. It's like one of the yeah. minions. So when they open up that, they realise that the book that Charlie used to write in is essentially a portal for him to write in, the actual devil character. When Annie was trying to get the book thrown in the... The fire. That's right. She starts flaming. She real. She can't do it. So she tries to get the husband to do it. Husband won't do it. So she quickly throws it out of his hand into the fire. That's why he catches fire because that's him dying. When he dies, did you see the flash that kind of then in in kind of masks her?
0: I remember very little of this film. Yeah,
1: so <laughs> there was like these aura orbs that's happening uh-huh. at certain points in the film, and that's when kind of there was a spirit around. Yeah, of course. Like an evil spirit. Yeah. When the, f- the husband character is fully f- flaming on, um, there's this orb that kind of just takes over her. And she's like, she's distraught for a second, looking at this person basically burst into I flames. I remember this bit, yeah. Then as soon as the light goes over her, her eyes just change. Remember she goes, and then she just goes. Yep,
0: because sw- she's been possessed.
1: She's being possessed in that moment. Now that's when the... the um, Son comes downstairs, finds the charred body of his dad, dad, and that's when you kind of see that perfect shot of he's like two thirds of the screen, and then blurred out behind. You can see Tony Collette's character up in the top corner of mm-hmm. the roof, like possessed up on the like roof, levitating, yeah, and beautifully shot. That I think that's fantastic, and that's when she's possessed. So he turns because he hears like creaking noises, and he sees that naked man in the in the. Mm -hmm. in the doorway and he's like okay i'm terrified what the hell is happening here this dude's just smiling at him not moving by the time he's turned around mom's gone down off the roof so he quickly runs up into the attic she's followed him as well and tony collette's up in the roof um she's levitating essentially in the roof because she's still possessed and then she's starting to cut her head off
0: yeah oh yeah that's right
1: with a bit of piano wire. That's She's hectic. just staring at him as well. Goes for a bit. And there's a couple of, yeah, the noise as well because you can hear it even when it's off screen. And yeah, i the one thing, the score in this is beautiful because it's so eerie. There's a bunch of other cult members in the room naked as well. And then he gets really freaked out because he's in the attic with all these random naked people and his mom's literally cutting her head off. So he jumps out the window, out the attic window, And my interpretation of it is when he jumps out the window and falls down, he dies, essentially. So Peter dies. That's the name of the kid. And you'll notice that when he's on the ground, that that orb comes into his body. Mm -hmm. And that's essentially the the opportunity for the evil entity that's in the house to enter into the vessel, which is what they were trying to get. This whole team of spiritual people the cult, we're trying to get-
0: That's right, a vessel for-
1: Vessel for Charlie, who is actually the reincarnation of King Piedman. Because they say at the end, it's like, we finally is got- Charlie the- Daughter.
0: Oh, okay, cool. I was confused that bit. I was like, I don't care. Let's just yeah. finish this movie.
1: She's the, she is the reincarnation of the devil, uh-huh. that, that devil character, that King Piedman. So or they need a called. vessel for her. They need a vessel for her. Spirit. No, like, we finally got rid of your- useless first female form mm-hmm. now you can be inside this vessel which is the brother and they finish off with that kind of ceremony of mm-hmm. the reincarnation of that oh that's how okay it happens. cool yeah, yeah which I, I thought was
0: really cool i couldn't by that point i was gone
1: fair enough <laughs> but yeah that's that was i kind of looked into it and kind of my interpretation i'm like yeah cool okay that makes sense this is worth seeing it's eerie. It's the same vein as what Midsummer was, but I could handle this a lot better, um, which is whack, right? So whack. <laughs> no, it's so whack, Now, nah. I reckon if I watch Midsummer again, I'd be okay because I know what's coming. I'd be able to handle the parts that are quite graphic. And I know the vibe that Ari Aston now puts out there. It's not a lighthearted movie. It's very, very morbid. And it's, it just deals with, like, yeah, if breakdown of a family, breakdown of... Like it's an interpretation of grief, loss, depression, everything on screen for two hours. It's it's a hard film to watch in terms of you're not gonna have fun with it, but it is a really, really well made film and yeah, if you're into your cinema, worth watching. That is my first film of the week. We've got a few to get through, so
0: Yeah, I'm gonna speed through a couple. That's yeah, um, sorry. Right. I
1: got the next one's pretty quick for me.
0: So I finished my rewatch of Hill House. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk about that next week. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched a 60-minute story on the Matildas, and then I watched their first game back.
1: Yep, for the qualifier for, for the, the qualifiers
0: Because we're not fake fans anymore. We're, no, we're we deep in. It. Um, so I did that, whatever. Um, and then I finished the Newsreader. And you, I, you watched it all? Yeah, I forgot why I liked it, mm-hmm. watching the first couple episodes. Yep. I didn't forget, but I didn't, you know. Um, but watching play out, I was like, oh, that's right. These characters are so messy, Mm -hmm. but they're such good characters. Like they've got their demons and stuff, which affects their personal lives, which are intertwined, Mm. but you still root for them. No matter whether they're sort of hurting each other inadvertently or intentionally. It's just, it's sort of you watch the rise of one character and sort of the fall of another at the same time.
1: Yeah. It's like a vicious circle. Yeah. yeah.
0: And just how sort of becoming a personality changes people. Um, yeah. So good. Really well done. Yeah. Okay. Nice Australian. ABC? Mm, yeah. It's a look at sort of what it was like to be a newsreader going into the 80s. A- yeah. In the 80s. Yeah. Because at this one, it, they're about to go into 88.
1: Right. Okay. So
0: it's all like. Yeah. yeah and But still so the stuff that they're talking about is still topical. Yeah. Now, yeah. like I said, not not one that I would say run and watch. You have to see it. Mm. But if you do, just want to watch a good Australian show. Okay. It's worth watching.
1: How many episodes per season?
0: Uh like I'm gonna Eight-ish? guess like eight.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So limited series. I yep. could watch that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my next one, I'll pretty much blitz through pretty quickly because there's other ones I want to talk more in depth in this. I watched Cocaine Bear from 2023, starring Kerry, uh, Kerry Russell, Alden Aaron Rich, uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Ray Liotta. Directed by Elizabeth Banks. So you can imagine what type of vibe it is from, directed by Elizabeth Banks. This is kind of a mess of a movie. It's got moments where it's pretty fun, but it's just exactly what you s- it sounds like from the name of the movie. It's a Cocaine Bear there's essentially – there's a subplot of drugs being smuggled into that area in particular where they've got this kind of national park and it was supposed to be an airdrop In someone was supposed to grab the bags of cocaine but it landed in a different area. Like they were just a bit off. The bear found the cocaine <laughs> and just kind of inhales all this cocaine So when the bear eats the cocaine, it gets into this mad rage and they basically, it's basically a monster movie. So anytime the bear's around, it just tries to kill anyone for the sake of killing them. And it's got quite gory parts in it, but, and they try to double down on the comedic factor as well at the same time. Yes and no. I didn't care about much about the characters in particular. They don't really have the time to build like the development up of these characters like the the ones I read out, like Alden Edrich and Oshia Jackson, are, are they ex drug runners as well? Ray Liotta is Alden's dad, and he's like the kingpin, the drug kingpin. Of course. Um, and yeah, Carrie Russell's this mom looking for her two kids who have gotten lost. And they've had a day off from school, and they've gone for a bushwalk, and she has to find
0: them. That's just what you want when there's a the cook yeah, up so there. Yeah, so there's like
1: there's like different groups of yeah. people going through this this national. Uh, Park. A national park trying to find their way. They've got particular reasons why they're all in there. And, yeah, it's just this run-around bear trying to kill everyone. A few people do die. There's a particular scene involving an ambulance. That's probably – it's probably the best part of the film because uh, someone's obviously attacked but they're not fully yeah. hurt and then the ambulance turns up and the two ambulance paramedics. Yeah, there's a whole thing.
0: I just – I
1: think – I don't know. It was okay. It was a, it was too much of a mess for me. It's a
0: shame with – like. Elizabeth Banks' yeah. films. She's done a lot. Well, she's done a handful. Yeah. And I don't know if it's her, if it's the studio, if it's a mix of her vision and the studio's yeah. vision because she seems like she knows what she's talking about. I've seen enough of her yeah. interviews and stuff and her intentions for all of her films. Yeah. And I feel like maybe it's the studios that want something else. Else. Yeah. And then that and then the marketing just – Skews them slightly. I don't. I don't really know. Yeah, what I don't it know. Is.
1: this one in particular? It did really well. Like it. It was a successful film. Of course, because it, it, it was. It was called Cocaine Bear, and it was. It was one of those silly films you go see just because. Yeah, you know, go to the movies. Go see something silly. Yeah, that's what it was, and it was successful, but it was far from a good film. <laughs> that's all I say. Yeah,
0: I think she's got an interesting comedic lens. Yeah, and I don't know if the studios ever quite get what she intends.
1: Yeah. She's got a particular style with her, her comedy. Mm. It works in the films when she's acting. Yeah. I just don't know if she can get it when she's directing from other people. Yeah.
0: I don't, I'm not sure where um, it falls yeah. flat.
1: I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what else she gets done. She did Charlie's Angels. She did Charlie's well. Angels, yeah. which
0: didn't hate a lot of it. Again, it's not the it's, original. It's you never fun. get it. It's a no. different, yeah. whatever. Um, And then she did like the second pitch perfect movie, which was a train wreck.
1: I haven't seen the same. I've seen 1 and 3.
0: That's good, but also maybe <laughs> let's watch it and talk okay. crap about it. It's it's bad. Um anyway, moving, yeah, on, moving from, on from Moving on from that. that.
1: So, look, I don't know if I'd suggest if you haven't seen it, I look, there are better films out there to spend an hour and a half of your time on. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'd recommend it. It wasn't horrific. It just was it was a mess. It was a bit of too much happening all at once, not enough development, messy, just messy. So, yeah, no. Your next one. And
0: that brings me to my next one. I watched The Long Goodbye. Um, It's a 1973 film directed by Robert Altman, starring Elliot Gould as Philip Marlowe, who is a private eye. And he helps out a friend in a jam. His friend comes to him with some scratches on his face. You know, I had a fight with my wife. I need to get out of here. I need to go to Mexico. And he's like, oh, all right. Because it's the middle of the night. So he drives his friend to Mexico, but in so he gets sort of involved in in the whole situation because this guy, his friend, has been implicated in his wife's murder. Uh, I watched this one. It was on my list for a very, very long time and I finally found a link to it on like – I don't know if it's legit or if it's illegitimate. It's a archive.org website that just yeah, has okay. like a bunch of library stuff. I don't know, but I found it and I was like, i got to watch it. Um, I watched this one and this is the part where I talk about Natasha Lyonne every episode. Uh, yes. Um, we,
1: the the complimentary Natasha Lyonne segment.
0: Yeah. Hey, come on. Um, <laughs> it's my podcast. I can do what I want. Um, <laughs> True. But this is the one like she mentioned a lot that her character, Nadia in Russian Doll is basically a nod to Elliot Gould's Philip Marlowe in The Long Goodbye. And I was like, what does that mean? I kept trying to find it. Yeah. Finally got to watch it. And it's crazy. Like I love watching stuff like this when you've had a performance of anyone in a particular film, and they go, "This is where we took inspiration." And then you watch it, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Like it's, mm. it is there so much so that like just the way that they walk through the world, they talk to people, is the same kind of
1: yeah. It's like kind of I've mumbling. Seen the first season of Russian Doll, she sort like so mumbles it, around.
0: Yeah. It's that. It's the whole like obviously he's you know sort of a suit she's kind of suited yeah in it he smokes in every scene there's not a scene he's not smoking same as her it's you know his his catchphrase in it is like it's all right by me so like you know there's like girls that live in the apartment across from him that are like sort of hippie ish nudists Mm. I don't really know what their day job is. I don't think anyone knows. Yep. And he's just, you know, or like, you know, there'll be like a you know, drug addict or a criminal. He, it's all right by me. And he just sort of saunas past. And he has a cat that goes missing yeah. that is identical to oatmeal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In it. Yeah, uh, the film starts and it was, I think it, it was a nod to someone knew something about something. You know, like a friend told the story. Yeah, yeah. It starts, he gets woken up at three in the morning by his cat. Yeah. Who's hungry. He goes out to get some food. We're out of cat food. So he mixes up some eggs, some concoction, tries to give it to his cat. His cat's like not not having it. (laughs) So they go – he goes to like the local whatever, which is essentially the bodega in Russian Doll, to get some cat food. But he's – they're all out of the particular brand that his cat eats because if anyone has a cat, I don't, but, you know, they're very very particular. particular. So he goes home, kicks the little cat out of the kitchen, shuts. The little dividing door, and he opens up the cat food. Opens up the old tin of cat food, smushes into the, old, the yeah. yeah into the can so it looks looks all good. Puts the lid kind of on. Yeah. Lets his cat in. Come on, get some food. Fakes opening it with a yeah. can opener for his cat. Puts it in there. The cat's not having it, and that's when his friend walks in. Um, it's a great film. That sounds fun. I mean, Robert Altman's done. Historically, some fantastic films. There's another one that I wanted to watch this week, mm. Nashville. It's on the top hundred list. I've heard about yeah, it for years, years. Been meaning to watch it, could never find it anywhere. Found it at one a DVD King, but they wanted 50 bucks for it. Not a chance. And I went, I don't know if I can spend fifty bucks on a DVD of a film that I haven't seen and maybe and won't just
1: one film yeah. Adore.
0: So anyway, that's on the list. I kinda want to watch it. It's a great private eye film. It sort of revived the private eye stuff in the seventies. Yeah, okay. That film.
1: Worth checking. Yeah, Worth checking. I mean, there's
0: a couple things now because it's a 70s film that you go, oh, well, that's a little.
1: It's time and place, but that's gonna yeah. happen. Yeah, so gonna if happen.
0: you have the cognitive dissonance to watch something, go, that's yeah. not okay now. But you know what? We're gonna just enjoy the film. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's not even that bad. But yeah. just heads up on that. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, so my next film that I watched. So I watched something that I had seen in the cinemas when it first came out in 2012. Only the once. So I pretty much forgotten most about this. I watched The Watch.
0: I've not even seen it.
1: It's starring Ben Stiller, Vince Vaughan, Jonah Hill, and Richard Ayoade. So you can just imagine from that cast list what this film is gonna be
0: like. Yeah, mum wasn't letting me watch go to go to the cinema no, and watch that in high school. No.
1: So this this is exactly like every single other kind of movie that these people are in. It's very funny. So imagine Ben Stiller playing basically Ben Stiller in every other film. He's like the neighborhood watch kind of head of every club. He's like the head of the running club. And he's like, yeah, you know how he gets in front of everyone and does like the Ben Stiller kind of stuff. That Vince Vaughn plays like this dad character who's got like a man cave and like talks exactly like Vince Vaughn always does. Jonah Hill plays this like, really unhinged, like, late teen, early 20s character who, like, clearly wants to be in the army or the police force. He's got, like, a switchblade that he's constantly pulling out and he's a bit weird. And then Richard eight is basically the same character he is in the IT crowd, who is, like, weirdly, like, British and is like, hello, as he kind of turns up every time. And it's it's perfect. It's direct, directed by – um he's called Akiva Schaefer and he's one of the Lonely Island Boys. He's the one that mo- mostly does their directing for most of their other stuff. So he's the one that is generally off screen the most out of the three of them. So he's directing this. It is written by Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg and Jared Stern. So Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg dud like super bad and stuff like that. So it's in the same vein as that type of film, same humor, all that kind of stuff. It's about four everyday suburban guys come together and it's an excuse to escape their humdrum lives one night a week when they accidentally discover that their town has become overrun with aliens posing as ordinary suburbanites, they have no choice but to save their neighbourhood and the world from total extermination.
0: I don't know if they're allowed to make these films anymore. No. Um, but the time that they were making them where it was borderline okay, I won't say it's okay because it they did definitely tow the, the line. They towed the line
1: at the time.
0: Um There's just something about them. It was
1: so much fun. And it went really under the radar, even in 2012, this film. Like, a lot of people really went and saw it or kind of know about it even. It's on Disney+. Plus. If you get a chance to watch The Watch and you love things like, you know, your Superbads, your stepbrothers, that kind of vibe, that awkward vibe, but it's cringe funny, but the good kind of cringe... Perfect. Go see it. Go watch it. You'll absolutely have a fun time. Really good. Really worth seeing.
0: I might have to check it out one day.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's good. Your next one.
0: My next one. So I watched Natural Born Killers from 1994. Oh, I want to see this. Starring Woody Harrelson, Juliette Lewis, and surprisingly, Robert Downey Jr. Oh, is he in it? Yeah, I'll get to him in a okay, minute. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> it's directed by Oliver Stone, and I was watching the intro... Because they have like the opening credits and it's 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 one where they put a sort of performance Before, on the I opening mean, yeah, credits yeah. like they used to. And I was like, man, Quentin Tarantino, eat your heart out. And I was like, hang on, was he involved? Did he write it? I quickly jumped on IMDb, yeah. So he wrote an original.
1: Right, okay. St-
0: it's He's credited in this as story by, but he'd written in a, a screenplay of his own. Mm. Um, It was then adapted and rewritten by David Veloz. Oliver Stone, and Richard Rodowowski. So they're the guys that are credited for it because they rewrote it enough that it's to, theirs, yeah. not his anymore. They're two victims of traumatized childhoods and they become lovers, psychopathic serial murderers, irresponsibly glorified by the mass media. That is what the film cool. yep. is about. It's kind of... I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think at the time it would have been different watching it in 94, obviously, than watching it now. I'd heard a bit about it. It's one of those top 100, so I can tick another one off that list.
1: That's why – I want to see it anyway, but I don't yeah, know what's on the list. And Yeah, and
0: I sort of had heard about it, forgot about it, and then Juliette Lewis got big off Yellow Jackets again. Everyone mm-hmm. was talking about it. She was in interviews, yep. and so they were bringing it back up. Um, She basically – her and Woody basically got blacklisted in a lot of films because the public just didn't want to see them after this film because their portrayals were so good, especially she, she struggled to get work mm. because – they wouldn't cast her as an innocent girl anymore. After that, yeah. Because she's plays like a maniac in this. Yeah. Um and they just go around killing people basically for fun.
1: Yeah, right. Um, okay.
0: Yeah, it's sort of like a like a Bonnie and Clyde yeah. if, if they went if they psychotic. went psychotic. Yeah, <laughs> and um it's it, yeah, it sort of talks about being glorified by the mass media. It's it's sort of a Tarantino film in that you know, his like kind of visuals where he just does a style from here and a style from there. Yep. There is so much of that in it, it's not even funny. It's
1: funny because it's directed by Oliver Stone. Yeah. So it's a completely different vibe. But
0: he, Oliver Stone had been taught in like university and stuff, I think, by Scorsese.
1: Oh, okay. So yep. he's
0: very much – he does what Quentin Tarantino, I think, wishes he could do because mm. he brings it to that elevated level where it It could be nominated for an Academy Award. I mean, it wasn't, but like it's that elevated level of filmmaking, so it doesn't feel Tarantino feels a bit cheap sometimes, in a sense. Yeah,
1: different films, different vibe. Like I think some of them are definitely better than Mm -hmm. others. Um, Yeah, but he brings us up
0: to a different level. Yeah, and it's kind of part of it's shot through the lens of Danny Junior's character, who's recording stuff to basically make like a doco or like a 60 minutes type special or something like mm. that. And so he feeds into them because he wants, he wants the story. Do, yeah, that's very um,
1: Nightcrawler actually. Yeah, yeah. so he
0: – but <laughs> originally watching his performance for about a second, I thought, oh, his accent, Australian accent isn't terrible. But then the longer it goes, the more you're like, oh, it's not good.
1: Have you seen Tropic Thunder? Uh, No. Oh, he does an Australian accent in that.
0: <laughs> yeah, so anyway, weird. He – This character wasn't supposed to have an Aussie accent. He came to Australia, did some research with a journalist of ours who I think was, you know, big on sensationalizing. And then he had just adopted the accent, took it back, and they went, I "I guess.
1: We'll put it in.
0: He's Australian now. Yeah, it's really weird. Um, I've written a note about, I found about Tarantino. So he claims to hate the final version of the film, up until he met Johnny Cash. Interesting, because you mentioned him yeah. earlier. Um, yeah, so they met in an elevator, and Cash told Tarantino that both he and his wife June were fans of his, and they especially liked this movie. And then Tarantino has stated that the fact that the producers allowed him to publish his original screenplay helped him get over his hate. So they kind of knew he had promised, but it wasn't there yet. Um, and his main concern was that viewers would credit him with the material he had no hand in creating and would not have created at all, which...
1: I can understand. Fair enough. But yeah. honestly, if
0: someone's taking your idiot because you're not good enough yet, yeah. kind of let him. It's a stepping stone.
1: Absolutely. Which obviously it did. Yeah, because it was before all he kind of got big, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's his foot in the door. Why not?
0: Yeah, I, I particularly like this film. I'm not, not a cult classic fan, but it's, there's a reason it's worth watching. It's stylistically just, I don't know if anyone's done it quite like it since. I will check Tarantino's this out. definitely tried.
1: Yeah, but I think that's the, yeah, the style yeah. he's going for. Okay, my next one is I watched uh, – basically it was from this year, but it, I think it was originally made in 2022, is Talk To Me. It's the Australian horror film starring Sophie Wilde, Alexandra Jensen, Joe Bird, Otis Darni and Miranda Otto. Very, very good. Wow. What can I say about this film without going too deep into spoiler territory because I know you haven't watched it yet. Not
0: yet. Um, send me your thoughts.
1: Um, I – Yes, I will. I'll let you watch it. I. This is another Possession film, so in the same vein as Hereditary, you don't get the horror from, like, jump scares or, you know, that. there's a little – I wouldn't say too much. There's a little bit of that. Most of the, the horror comes from the fact that it's just a horrific situation that these characters are in, and you're built around the dread and the vibe of what's going on. Same thing. Like, they do basically se- seances, and they summon – evil spirits and they get trapped in a particular member of the group's body and slowly but surely they try to work out how to save their life. This film has a great portrayal of like grief as well, like hereditary, but also uh, like peer pressure, like from groups, especially like teenage peer pressure and like stupid decisions that come from that. And the biggest one I found when I was watching it is glaring for me was like addiction, what we get addicted to. So like a drug addiction or something. It's like it's like a metaphor for that, and like you just want another quick fix. You want another quick fix, and what that can actually affect and who that can affect from you being addicted to those kind of substances mm-hmm. is portrayed out in this film, and what kind of the outcome of that is, and who you can actually hurt from that. I thought it was genius. And particularly from a, like a, a group of directors who – this is their first film. They've just I mean, done YouTube shorts Yeah, Raka Raka,
0: that. which is completely different. It was exactly. like silly
1: YouTube. Silly yeah. YouTube. And these guys, Michael and Danny Philippou, have gone on to make this absolutely stunning – it's an A24 film, so you know it's going to be – Top real, tier. Top tier anyway. They've obviously seen it and gone, yep, we want to do this. Um Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be up there. And I reckon award seasons, it's very good. And definitely, like, back it. It's Australian made. It's all Australian actors.
0: I can't wait. I, yeah. I truly can't wait. I was tempted to buy a copy, but we'll see.
1: I will. I Like, I have watched this, obviously, in a place where it was free. So I will actually support the mm-hmm. filmmakers of this. It's Australian, so I want to support it anyway. But it's just really good film. I want to go buy it just so I can have it in my collection.
0: We'll talk more about it once I've seen it. Yeah. And it's been out for a bit so we can get into spoilers. Yeah,
1: spoiler territory. I want to get your interpretation as well.
0: So I watched a couple episodes of Only Murders in the Building Season 3 because I was very behind on it and I needed – I thought I was going to watch a lot more films this week. So I was like, I'll watch something short. Yeah. Just, you know, when I don't have time to watch a movie before bed. I forgot why I like this show. It's just fun. It's so much mm. fun. It's silly, very silly because it's a Martin short, Steve Martin. Yeah.
1: They, they um, they've been friends for decades. So yeah. they know how to bounce off each and other pretty well.
0: I mean, look it's not the it's not the greatest show. It's Just comfort, but it's just easy. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those like easy comfort. fun. Yeah.
1: Shows. Selena Gomez. Selena
0: Gomez is in it. Um, she was massive when I was a kid. She was the kind yeah. of pinnacle she star for us. Star. It was her and Miley Cyrus. Yeah, basically.
1: Yeah, the Nickelodeon kids. Disney. Disney. That's right. Disney, not Nickelodeon. Someone's gonna come down and just shoot you from <laughs> oh, Disney. No, no. Mickey
0: Mouse. Sorry. <laughs> Um, And then this season's got Paul Rudd and Meryl Streep. Yeah, okay. And it's just one of those- Huge names. Paul Rudd's Paul Rudd.
1: He's fantastic. Meryl
0: Streep is- She's transformative. She's someone Mm -hmm. else every time you see her, and I'm really excited to see where this one one goes. I only watched two episodes because- people started telling me about other things and I fell down different rabbit holes, but I'm, I'm going to get oh, back diversion
1: to it. of attention. You'll get back to Literally. it. Literally. Yeah. Someone was
0: like, you should watch this. And I was like, damn it, why would you do that to me? But mm-hmm. yeah, moving on from that, what but else okay. did you get to? Uh,
1: I've got a couple more films. So I'll get, I'll, I'll breathe through what I can. I watched uh, I watched the new version of Haunted Mansion from 2023 starring Rosario Dawson, Chase W. Dillon, Lakaith Stanfield, Owen Wilson, Tiffany Haddish and Danny DeVito, Jared Leto and Jamie Lee Curtis, so pretty strong cast there. List there, although it's the same thing as the first one. It's just one of those IP that I just can't get into. There's something about this one that I was less less into than the original Eddie Murphy one. I don't know what it was. I don't. Yeah, it's, I can't say much about it. Although I will say one thing is this: they ham up the scariness more so. Than the Eddie Murphy one, like, that was, like, kind of silly, like, oh, you're still going to be, like, it's lighthearted, like, spooks. This one's definitely at a higher level, which kind of makes me confused as to who this movie is actually for because that age group of, like, 5 to 11 is probably going to be actually quite scared of this film. It's actually kind of jacked up a little bit higher in terms of, like, spooks, Um, which means, like, you're looking at your, like, 12 to, like, 16 age group I don't think it's for them either. Like they're not really looking to watch Haunted Mansion, you know, that kind of like fun Disney film. That's probably why it didn't do so well. I just don't think they had a target audience in mind when they made this. They tried to like make backstories for way too many characters. I think too, there's probably too many of them in there. Like it's an ensemble cast. I get that, but you don't have to develop everyone. And that, makes the runtime a bit long. It's two hours and seven minutes.
0: That's a lot for a lot for like a
1: haunted mansion film. The ride
0: goes for about (laughs) ten minutes.
1: (laughs) Right? Yeah, it's a bit long. It's a bit long in the tooth, especially for a film that, yet again, especially for a younger audience, although I don't know which one. And it is for the kids that are a bit younger. They're gonna be out of it. Two hours and seven minutes for them is a long time. There's a
0: reason kids' films were typically ninety minutes. Yeah. And even that used to push it.
1: Exactly. They've got very short attention spans. So I don't know. There's reasons why it didn't do well. And I can see it on screen. It's, it's just, it's not a bad fit. Like it's not horrific. It's just, it didn't know why it was made Mm -hmm. and it's very evident on screen. It's a bit of a shame. Yeah. That's all I can say about that. Really?
0: So I watched a two part docuseries called Last Stop Larimer. Um, It just dropped on Netflix. I was wanting to watch a lot of other things. And Tammy, a girl I work with, was like, oh, I just watched this docuseries, blah, blah, blah. You should watch it. I won't get into it because it's about you know people that we all know. You've got to watch it for X, Y, Z reason. Yeah, okay. And I went, damn it, Tammy, you know that I'm going to go home and watch it. <laughs> you know it. I'm going
1: to do that instantly. So
0: I did. It's a, sorry, it's about an outback town of Laramie in Australia mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. It had 11 residents. It now has 10 um, it follows the disappearance of Patty and his dog Kelly as the police spent years unravelling the mystery of which resident most probably murdered the missing resident. So here's the thing. They never knew at the time, definitely, that one of the residents murdered him, but he went missing and there's only 10 other people in the town. <laughs> yeah. He probably got murdered. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It is insane. That's interesting. To watch. It it was sensationalized in the media a lot. Okay. Um, they cut in the second episode, especially they cut a lot to like old news, um, like news segments, old 60 minute segments, that kind of thing. Cause obviously it was, it was big in Australia when it happened, but they only, I think recently obviously got an answer. Yeah. Okay. Um. And it's super interesting when you, you watch it, especially like the first episode, because you know that he's eventually going to go, go missing, mm. but, what they managed to capture was obviously they're doing it now. He's gone missing, but they'd at one point gone and interviewed the people of Laramon well before he went missing. So it starts off and they're all like, Oh no, Patty was a great guy. Yeah. He's great. We, everyone loved him, blah, blah, blah. But then like, okay, let's cut back to say five years prior to him going missing. And they're all like, Oh, we F and hate Patty. Like the
1: juxtaposition. So different.
0: And there's ten people in the middle of Outback Australia. These guys are characters. Every single person Yeah, personality. In this. So entertaining. Yeah. So entertaining. Feels very much like the um demographic of people who used to come to our old workplace without saying too much on air.
1: Yeah, I know. Exactly you what know what what I type mean? of people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. A lot of that. Um Yeah, okay. Yeah, so anyway, back to the bits that we're not gonna cut for talking about real people and <laughs> that we both know. Um, yeah, if you've not seen it and you kinda want to watch it, just for easy, it's like two one hour episodes, so it's okay. it's doable. It's, it, yeah. Yeah, so much fun. So, where, Super where, where interesting. did you watch it? Uh, Netflix.
1: Netflix? Okay. So the
0: second episode starts feeling a little bit long. But I will tell you that they do tell you who who killed him.
1: You do get an answer.
0: Or where he went. Yeah. Okay. So it's, it's no, that's what I want, mystery through. I love. So, yeah, because yeah. there was a bit where I was like kind of getting just a bit distracted sort of on my phone and then it's sort of like – and we found out and I was like, oh, what? I'm back. Yeah, I'm back. I'm back. In. I'm, back. <laughs> I'm in. So, yeah, it was interesting. You hooked me.
1: Okay, cool. Okay. I will definitely check that out if it's only a two-parter. That sounds good. Next thing I watched. So this has probably been my funnest one of the week actually. I watched from 2022 Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie. So – let me just explain everything about this because you might not know what it's about. you probably heard of the show from the early 90s Chippendale Rescue Rangers. This is essentially a continuation of that in a way that's very different. So this one's starring Andy Sandberg, John Mullaney, Kiki Lane, Will Arnett, Eric Banner, and is directed by Akiva Schaefer, same as The Watch. Mm-hmm. It's got that... Humor level from, like, The Watch and Superbad as well. So this is essentially a continuation from the 90s TV show as if Chip and Dale were actual actors and what they'd been doing in the 30 years since the show aired. So it kind of showcases, like, Dale as he's doing, like, the nostalgia conventions where he used to be, like, a 90s kind of, like, TV show sensation he's getting people to sign his autograph and like Dale's like an insurance salesman (laughs) and stuff like that. And we live in, it's like in a world where it's similar to frame Roger Abbott, right? Like where animated characters live in the real world with Mm -hmm. real life people. And there's this thing happening where uh, one of the other characters from the show is being kidnapped, and what they're doing is making they're kidnapping them, making bootleg movies oh with them. Oh my god! And what they do is they change a part of like their animation so they can just make a bootleg movie of them. Oh, I want to watch. And they've so got like bad. really funny like names that would be equivalent to um, what the original like Peter Pan was like the boy that can fly in the air or something. <laughs> like that's the bootleg name of that movie. Um, it's a real nostalgia kick because throughout this entire film it's got, like, characters in the background from all those, like, 90s-style animated movies and stuff. In one scene in particular, they have to go to a Russian bathhouse and as they're going along the pipes on the top, they see down who's in the bathhouse in that particular room. It's, like, Randy from South Park just sitting in there I as well. I need to watch this. It is fantastic. Honestly, it's worth checking out. It's, like, the Lonely Island boys humour as well chucked in there. It's really meta, so it's obviously talks about them as if they were, like, obviously actors and that. And the mystery of, like, where this particular kidnapped person has gone is actually, he captured me as well. Okay, don't ruin it. No, I won't. Um, There's a Gumby character in there as well as, like, the detective, the sergeant detective, and it's so funny. He, like, tries to, at one point, try and find fingerprints in the room, so he kind of, like, puts his little clay hand onto (laughs) where the fingerprints were, and then it, like, goes onto his hand, but then he just, like, kind of, like, cuts off a bit of his clay hand and then puts it in an evidence bag. <laughs> oh my it's God. very funny. It's a really good film. It's worth checking out. Uh, it's on Disney Plus. And if you've got any kind of like nostalgia kick from the 90s or like early 2000s, kind of anything really, it's going to be in there. I well,
0: really want to go home and watch it. Yeah, yeah.
1: definitely watch it. I had so much fun. Um, it's right from the start. So there's Chip and Dale and in between the time that the 30 years when they're on the show – Dale has had a CGI surgery upgrade, so he's got that 3D look to him, whereas oh my Chip still has the 2D look to him, and they're all on the screen together. One's 3D, one's 2D. It's so good. And they, they poke fun at the Alvin and the Chipmunks. Like, those oh. they hate them. They're like, oh, yeah, they're yeah. always rapping on screen. Yeah. Don't get them to rap on screen. It's really good.
0: Oh, man. I also was a big fan of the Chipmunks. Just I was a kid when they came out, which yeah. they're horrific. But they're you know so bad,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, worth checking out. Yeah, it's so, on Disney Plus and it's the reason why I watched the next film as well.
0: My next one, I watched Living for the Dead. Now, this literally dropped on Thursday and I went, oh, I've got to watch it because I been mean, sort of, I knew about it. It was supposed to drop in Australia then didn't. It's very bizarre. It is, I, basically it's Queer Eye meets Ghost Hunting. Okay. And I mean that legitimately. Yeah. They still try and throw in the heart type parts of Queer Eye, mm-hmm. but they're, Ghost, ghost hunting. hunting as well. It's produced by Kristen Stewart and her good friend and hairstylist, um, CJ Romero. And they're just a bunch of queer ghost hunters who run around to haunted places and <laughs> investigate and try and get rid of, if there's like malevolent spirits, they try and get rid of the malevolent spirits so that everyone can just have yeah. like a good time. It is bizarre. That is wild. The tone is interesting. But it's a fun ride at the same time, so I'm into it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I don't know. You don't know yet. I don't know yet. <laughs> i have nearly
0: finished it, to be honest. Right. Okay. Um, it's just entertaining in yeah. like a very. Remember all those like old ghost hunting shows? Yeah,
1: I used to love them. Yeah, that vibe. Yeah. But yeah, yeah.
0: just a bunch of like queens and
1: <laughs> yeah queer right.
0: people. It's bizarre. Interesting. Very strange. Two different worlds. Two different worlds. Yep. It's so weird, but I'm kind of here you're for you're it. In it
1: now. So yeah, I keep
0: don't, going. I don't know. Maybe someone else watch it and tell me what you think yeah, because okay. it's not bad. The tone is confusing, <laughs> but at the same time, it it works. Yeah, okay. Um, some things feel a bit fabricated, but that's just because it's one of those shows where they have to cut it probably is and dramatize a little it a bit. But that's. But f- then at the same time, I still believe all the spooky stuff oh, that's I know happening. You do, so yeah, because like they go into like asylums. Yeah, some of them are creepy. And then the first one is like a clown motel,
1: <clears throat> and just, that exists. Yep. Okay. Go watch it. Just All for right. the weird yeah, stuff yeah. that's in America.
0: Yeah, it's bizarre. Things. Yeah, it's fun. It's weird.
1: <laughs> All right, so I'll I'll talk about my last film of. Uh, I'll add it to the list. So, the reason why I watched this is pretty evident after watching Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. I watched Who Framed Roger Rabbit from 1988.
0: I watched that far too young.
1: Yeah, this is a very sexualized film.
0: I think I was probably like, I would have been under seven.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't have really understood know, what was going on. Definitely not. Uh, starring Bob Hoskins as the main detective. Basically, he's the only one in it as a main character, as a live action character. It's it's basically the same thing. It's a mesh of two worlds. It's a mesh of like uh like the tunes from like the 60s, 70s meeting like a 1940s noir film, basically. The two mesh together, and I had a fun ride with it. I thought it was really good. I think Christopher Lloyd as the villain, phenomenal. He's I think he amazing. was fantastic as the villain. And What this – so what I really enjoyed for me for Chip and Dale was it's this – for my nostalgia kick, because obviously my age demographic, like where I sit, seeing all the stuff from like that early 90s nostalgia really did something for me. So I can really understand when they made something like this in the 1988, what kind of nostalgia kick you would have got from seeing all those Mm -hmm. characters that you grew up with around like the 60s, 70s that are on screen as well. Like that's the kind of same – thing that people would have got when this came out. Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of – it's really weird to see like Daffy Duck and Donald Dubb having a piano verse off on screen, you know, in live action. Yeah. It's kind of bizarre. And there's a scene in particular where he goes to Toontown and he's like fallen down one of the high-rise buildings and in classic Toon form. He falls for ages as well. And next to him is Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny falling with parachutes at the same time talking to him. And then they're like, "Oh, you should give him a parachute, Mickey Mouse." And then Bugs is like, "Yeah, I got one, but you're not going to like it." As a spare. He opens up the Acme, like bag, and it's a spare tire. <laughs> so then he falls anyway, and he gets caught by that ugly version of Jessica Rabbit. I
0: need to it's rewatch a whole, it. I had seen it
1: crazy vibe
0: re- more recently yeah. than as a kid, but still far too long ago. Yeah. I think
1: it, it was very good. Um, Obviously, I enjoyed the nostalgia kick of the 90s version more because of what that applies to me, but yeah. I really can appreciate what it would have done for people when it came out. It's a good mystery, like who did it? Why is Roger Rabbit framed? Mm-hmm. Really well done. I thought the third act when they're in the Acme warehouse is done really well when they're obviously versing all the villains at once. Really good. It was a really good story. I recommend this to people. Um, probably watched maybe the two in tandem. I don't know or not. It's up to you, but yeah. Chippendale with me was the winner but that's only because of what it means to it, you what it means to me yeah so yeah very good films my
0: last one was one that you wanted me to watch so I watched it
1: thank um, you because I you're a good friend keep
0: my promises yeah. um no I watched The Dry from 2020 I've been meaning to watch it for a long time because I heard how good it was but I didn't know anything about it and then Shannon we watched the trailer for the second one in cinemas yeah and he goes no the first one's a murder mystery and Oh well, if someone had told me that, <laughs> you would have watched it. I would have watched it. Um, it's fantastic, fantastic performance by all of these known Australian actors. Like if you watch it and you're Australian, like you've seen these guys in mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, it was like just a very, very good whodunit. Yeah, murder mystery. There's nothing else I can say apart from like it's just
1: really, it's just film. really
0: well done yeah. and. Fun to watch really Australian characters on screen, yeah. But not it's in like the
1: outback kind of not top. super outback, but like out. It's country. It's country. Yeah, yeah.
0: just fantastic. Yeah, I, I can't. Eric Batty really.
1: was phenomenal in this. Yeah. Like, yeah. His up. accent
0: is so Australian, and I don't think I've seen him in a lot. I've seen his face, and his accent doesn't match his face. It
1: doesn't, right? Because he always puts on the American accent in his big films. Yeah, um, yeah. It's wild. And I'm to like, see him with his just full Australian yeah. accent, and you're like, oh, that's right. It was in Fast Forward or whatever it was called, that mm-hmm. show from the 80s.
0: But that pretty much just rounds it out. I just watch it. It's fantastic. If you haven't seen it and yeah. you want to watch an Australian murder mystery,
1: absolutely check it, check out. it out. It's it's one of my favourites in terms of Australian films, I reckon. It's awesome. It's awesome. And the mystery is good. It's yeah, a really good it mystery. It unravels in a really yeah well, good way, right? Yeah, satisfying way. Yeah, yeah. That about wraps up, I think. We did pretty well there. We had a good week of watching some stuff, I think.
0: <laughs> I think so. Next week, probably not so much, apart from topical stuff.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm going to double down on watching from now on. We'll see what I can actually get through out of that.
0: And as always, thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, please give it a follow and you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, threads at BingeList or email us at list and hits at gmail.com. And thank you for listening and we'll see you next week.
1: See you next week, guys. Bye. Bye.